hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. And today I'm chatting with Sean from Lift Hills and Frills, or because it's a spooky season at the moment, I think it's currently called Lift Hills and Chills, which is one of the better names, I think. A little bit better than Scream Park Loopy, which isn't very inspired. Um, how are you doing, Sean? I'm not too bad, thank you, buddy. In terms of the names there, I don't think mine's that inspired either, if I've got to be honest with you. I was literally like, right, what rhymes with thrills that's uh, Halloween-based? And within 1.5 seconds, I was like, okay, chills. We got we got chills and skills and thrills, and yeah, we'll just throw them all together and see what comes out. Yeah, yeah, I think I, think I was the same. I just kind of thought of that very quickly although someone did suggest maybe next year i should call it theme park spooky but yeah, i don't know, that's, I don't a, know. That's, a, that's a good one maybe that's a good one i have seen the only i think i've seen one that i quite liked which was trick track or treat which was a pretty good one i quite try saying that. that after a few <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly um so sean do you want to just tell the listeners a bit about yourself and and where they can find you on the interwebs yeah, absolutely. So Lift Hills and Thrills is a brand new kind of incarnation of theme park and attractions content. It's lifthillsandthrills.com is the blog website. I'm a blogger by trade. Uh, I originally set up a movie blog called Back to the Movies. Um, we got invited to the Wicker Man. I thought it was to do with the Wicker Man movie. And uh, I sent an email off to Walton Towers. I found out it very quickly that it wasn't to do with the film, but they still invited me down anyways. I covered the press night for Wicker Man and I was like, okay, this is really cool. I went to a press event, I met some theme park people, I got really excited about the thought of attending more events and I was and I started getting more requests for theme park content on my movie site. I thought, nope, I'm gonna set up a completely separate website. So last November I set up Lift Hills and Thrills, covered theme park content and whichever events uh, events I was invited to at the time. And then of May of this year I started to do daily content on YouTube, so vlogs and uh, reviews and uh, yeah, anything that I can do to uh, stimulate daily content, as I'm finding out as each day goes past and every month that passes, that daily content may not have been the best idea because it's incredibly difficult. And then COVID became a thing and then things got 10 times more difficult. But yeah, liftillsandthrills.com is the main website where you can find me and obviously liftillsandthrills on Instagram and YouTube as well. So you're still doing the daily content at the moment? Oh yeah, it's a stressful one because um, it's like today I was looking, I was like, right, I haven't got a Halloween event for a couple of days now. Now what on earth or where on earth can I go that's horror themed? And then you look at horror attractions, it's like closed for the 2020 season, closed for the 2020. I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be a tough month. I know that for sure. Yeah, um, on on the episode that will be before this one, we're actually going through the Scare Tour uh, website and we're trying to work out what was actually on and what wasn't on. <laughs> and it's just like, cancel, 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 cancelled on 
maybe uh cancel 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 <laughs> exactly <on. yeah. laughs> and so you're going through it i did actually send a message over to skator and said can you can you maybe do a list of what is just on yeah well um, i was i was speaking to michael <laughs> last night i was like dude what's open he's like oh not much i was like okay <laughs> yeah yeah i think brett said the same so so maybe maybe there'll be but there is a list of what's on and i suppose you just got to sift through it so yeah um one thing that i did see um that you do is you went over to Blackpool and the guys who were running the horror crypt have now uh, set up a, a shop, haven't they? Um, at the other side of Blackpool. So what was what was that like? Yeah, so Kurt was the uh, the original. Just for those who, who don't know already, he was the owner of the horror crypt that was on Blackpool Promenade, which was like an animatronic horror walkthrough with a few movie props and uh, a few, you know, interactive segments with old animatronics and stuff. And they completely revitalized that building. It was right outside of uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach, right outside the big one. And um, more recently, that closed down and they set up something called The Crypt, not The Horror Crypt, which was the one previous. It's a cafe now called The Crypt in the centre of Blackpool, which is a horror-themed hangout, which is looking to expand uh, in the next few months. So basically, we were invited down to come and check it out, and this was a day before the grand opening, so we walked in, and they've got some old animatronics, well, the old you know models and uh, figures that used to be in The Horror Crypt, such as uh, Frankenstein and Freddy Krueger and uh, Jason Horhees. And it was just a cool place to hang out and you can shop horror merchandise, you can chill out and watch a, an episode of The Addams Family or whatever else was on the TV, it was constantly playing horror content and uh, yeah, you get served your, your coffee or your tea or whichever beverage in these horror themed satanic mugs which were really cool and uh, Kurt was talking about future plans for the venue to include more immersive sort of experiences because it's actually a two story building so right at the bottom will be a, a horror themed cafe for you to chill out, hang out, horror themed cake you know things like that and then upstairs he's planning more of an immersive style attraction very similar to how the horror crypt at Blackpool Promenade was and uh, yeah it was just a really cool opportunity to head down and check out something new because uh, any business horror related or not that is opening in these current climates deserves to be applauded appreciated and and definitely promoted because uh, yeah I can't even fathom uh, anyone want, like opening at the moment because of how crazy things are but uh, no Kurt he's uh, dug in there they, they had an amazing opening day and yeah I just wish him all the luck in the world because uh, I, I used to love the horror crypt and uh, this horror scene is very new to me it's only over the last two years since I went to Scarefest in 2018 that I've started attending more horror themed bits and bobs uh, the, the only horror thing that I'd even been close to experiencing before was an event called Scarefest uh, it was I think it was called Scarefest I don't know it was that long time ago or Screamfest sorry no it was Screamfest over in Los Angeles which was a, a horror film festival mm. and uh, that was the only horror thing that I'd ever experienced and it's crazy because when I was over in America I'd never even heard of Halloween Horror Nights I didn't know what it was I didn't know what, what on earth I'd missed until I got on the plane on the way home and took a look at, to see what it was all about I was like oh I've just missed one of the coolest looking freaking <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life and uh, yeah, yeah so I was really gutted so since then I've kind of been like right I've got to get my ear to the ground and find out what horror attractions I can attend in the UK whilst I still dream of being back over at Universal Halloween Horror Nights and uh, reliving that uh, definitely missed opportunity that I had way back when 
Yeah, I mean, we were meant to be over at um, Horror Nights this year, because um, last time we went to Florida, we went at Christmas, uh, so this time we we're going to go at Halloween, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but I, I've been um, I've been sort of watching what's been happening with Halloween Horror Nights, and it's really mad, because basically Universal obviously produced all the merchandise, you know, months in advance, you know, probably even, you know, before March. So they had no choice but to put all this merchandise out. But it's been selling like hotcakes. So people have been buying merchandise for an event that isn't really even on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I saw a video, uh, there was a guy, a YouTuber, I can't remember what his name was now, he actually did a talk. They've opened some sort of, like, merchandise store to celebrate Halloween Horror Nights, and they've put, like, uh, all the figures and big animatronic and big set pieces into the this actual store to sell the merchandise and even the store looked incredible like if you can't do fully immersive scare mazes then that was the next best thing so uh, they've, they've definitely got the marketing and advertising minds at work on that place because it looked incredible yeah yeah um and unfortunately disney are not doing anything uh, i mean they, they normally do these sort of mickey's not so scary halloween party but that Halloween party is very much based on trick-or-treating. You know, trick-and-treating is the kind of the main aspect of that, and I just don't think it's something that you can do this year, unfortunately. It's uh, going to be a strange one, isn't it? It's like knock on the door, step three metres away from door, person who opens the door, wipe down the door thereafter, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, be on your way. And, and sweets must be thrown with gloves into buckets at all times. I just can't see it happening, personally. I think here um, in the paper they were saying that it's been cancelled, so I think that's the situation here. So I don't know what the situation is elsewhere. I'm not there sure. Was a, there was a park, I believe. I think it was Germany. I'm not hundred percent sure, but they had a member of staff atop a balcony with this with this Halloween bucket of sweets and a tube. And if you wanted a sweet, you'd you put your hands by the tube at the bottom, and the staff member would throw chocolate bars or whatever down oh. this pipe to you. So that was like a socially distanced delivery of <laughs> whatever good were being thrown down this tube that's a good th- idea that's a yeah, good idea i thought that was cool but uh, i can't imagine people hanging outside the top window of the house throwing their uh, you know sweets down tubes into kids no. <laughs> trick-or-treat buckets no and it's a funny one over in america as well because um they, they basically have this kind of edited version of halloween horror nights but over on uh, the other coast over in california the parks haven't been able to open at all really um, however, I did see Knott's Berry Farm are doing uh, like a smaller version of Knott's Berry Farm. But it's kind of weird because they've got all the um, actors, but they're all up on buildings or sort of behind uh, walled areas and things like that. So it's kind of like, it's a bit It's like a street theatre type thing. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, if you watch um, like Adam the Woo or uh, Justin Scard or someone like that, uh, they've done some videos recently. Um, so that was interesting. And then Tim Trecker went down in Florida, went down to, um, Bush Gardens down at Tampa. Um, and, and over there, the actors were actually still getting quite close to people. Um, all the mazes were outside though. Um, they weren't inside like they normally would be, but the actors were still getting quite close. They were still, you know, jumping out at you. But of course, they all were still wearing masks, um, and they were limiting the numbers that could go through as well. Um, one funny bit of uh, the one they had in Bush Gardens was that before they went into one of the mazes, they had this kind of area where there was just a load of hedges, and they had kind of people hiding behind these hedges, and it just made me wonder whether that's what 
we're going to get at Scarefest in the the Whispering Souls um, in the garden. Um, um, But I've heard that uh, Brett was saying that they've they've, uh, invested in quite an extensive lighting package at Scarefest. Yeah, I I think it might just be lights. I mean, I was thinking it would be cool if they had like people hiding in a bush because you know when you walk past that conservatory, that old kind of glassy conservatory they've got there. I was thinking, how cool would that be if they themed it up? When we did the garden tour, when everything was still shut down and we just walked around the gardens, we walked past that stage there and it was like a big long path nice and socially distant or it could have been on a nice one-way path and then inside the conservatory you could have had detailed sets with like people acting behind these sets it would have been socially distant it would have been detailed it would have been a really cool experience but with seeing i believe it was um sean sandbrook's video the other day he's shown the lighting package and it just seems to be like it's just going to be very lit up and uh more more kid friendly isn't it more magical so I, mm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was more kid friendly characters in there maybe greeting people as they come in but I can't imagine you know people hiding in bushes and uh, scaring the crap out of the kids <laughs> that walk past well I guess, I guess the easiest option is to have um, little outdoor speakers in a few different locations and you can have these kind of short sounds can't you all these kind of whis- I think that's where the whispering sounds. souls aspect will come into things yeah, I think, I think, I think so. that's kind of what it'll be yeah, it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, uh, would that? But I was saying um, the other day in our last podcast that um, I feel like the event this year is going to feel a bit more uh, connected and a bit more condensed because pretty much all that's happening is happening within the park. Whereas in the past, like we've been going to Scarefest since I think the first one we went to was in two thousand nine, and then the years after that what was happening is the mazes were appearing outside the park, you know, uh, past where the hotels are. So it felt like the event almost wasn't happening in the park. There was just like a few characters in the park and some other bits and bobs, and they had the terror in the towers as well. But it kind of felt like to get the full experience, you had to leave the park and then kind of head down past the hotel to go to the mazes. So it felt a little bit disjointed. So this year... um, I'm quite looking forward to it because it feels like it's going to be a much more linked up event uh, all on towers. So I think that should be pretty good. Yeah, last year it was definitely more what you said there about being more inclusive. Um, They had the ancestors walking around the park and that was cool to see it by itself because it's rare that uh, you have live actors walking around at Scarefest. Now, obviously, I just said previously, uh, my first Scarefest was in 2018, so I've got very limited experience as to which Mm. events have been like in the past. But the last two I've been to, um, last year's was definitely more inclusive in terms of characters walking around, but that was mainly just the ancestors. Obviously, they can't make it too scary because of the kids it's not like thorpe where thorpe is always considered more the adult park because of their larger consistency of adult rides and obviously this year they've really gone for an outdoor sort of setting the crows you've got the different amity sections you know the little outdoor scare theater street theater combinations so i think in terms of atmosphere thorpe are gonna smash it for the outdoor stuff but They've stuck away from, or stayed away, sorry, from uh, the indoor mazes, whereas Alton have kind of embraced that with the additions of the Attic and uh, Darky Steps, which was phenomenal. Easily my favourite one. It's crazy how the kids' maze was my favourite last year. It was by far the best maze. And uh, that that was considering 
like subspecies like mm. dragged me down a corridor and I went into Dorky Steps and still had more fun. So that's how cool <laughs> that maze was. It was much more immersive. You actually felt like you're on a sinking ship. The aroma mm. prime scents were perfectly calibrated to the scenes you were walking through. The water effects were incredible. So even bringing back indoor mazes is making me excited. And uh, that's exactly the reason why I went to Scare Kingdom the other night because so many people, you're talking 90% of these Halloween venues have now pulled out for the 2020 season. And A, I was interested in seeing just how on earth a socially distanced scare maze is going to work. And after coming out of Scare Kingdom, it's not dampened the experience it's mm. it's not dampened the experience whatsoever you're still having a great time there's still jump scares are plenty and even though there is that kind of layer of security that they can't touch you and uh, you know get really up in your face it doesn't take away the fact that it's still not it's still a scary experience you know it's, it's still a very immersive experience and that's what i was worried about i was so a lot of people were saying will socially distance mazes mean that it's going to be you're going to be more safe you're going to feel more safe you're going to it's going to be a more toned down experience I can hand on heart say that I jumped probably more than I normally do at a normal maze because uh, you just didn't know where they were coming from. And even though they were distant, they were adding extra layers of scares onto proceedings that uh, made you feel on edge much more than normal. But normally you can see a window coming down or you can see a curtain where you know they're going to pop out from. But because of how many actors were limited in the maze as well, there was a choice, a variety where these actors could pop out from. It wasn't the the, the window right in front of you that you know someone's going to come <laughs> down. It was a, a choice of four windows and you didn't know which one was coming down. So I, I like that. It put you more on edge. And it wasn't so predictable as it has been in previous years in terms of Scare Maze as a whole. Because that was actually my first um, trip to Scare Kingdom. And it certainly won't be my last. So what can people expect if, if people are going to Scare Kingdom or to a similar event? In terms of the measures that have been taken, what, what, what will people expect to see that's a little bit different? Well, so the first thing that I noticed when I got there was the reminder to put your mask on straight away. Mask on. Don't even let you through the entrance until you've got your mask on. There's hand sanitizer at every single entrance to every single maze. And the characters are staying in character and reminding you to, to get clean, to cleanse. To uh, Every maze had a different sort of take on how you should be hand sanitizing. One going as far to say that it was made from a certain substance in their body, which wasn't a nice kind of introduction to the maze what suited the theme of the maze right as we went to clean our hands with this um, sanitizer after and being told it was such a, a gross substance from i'm not even going to repeat where that substance came from <laughs> but uh yeah so masks was the main sort of area of importance and letting people through in bubbles now our bubble was just me and my mate jim and so every maze we were going through it was just us two so it was more immersive um, we we obviously not going to be hiding behind everybody. We're ones at the front, ones at the back. So you're going to get scared no matter which way around we went into the maze. And it wasn't being too harsh on queues. There was no long queues throughout because the bigger groups of five and six were being let out, let through at the same time. And um, you know they were all huddled together. And then the guy came out and collected the other group. And it was kind of a nice little rotation. And there was some nice distancing there. And with Scare Kingdom, you are it's more a story introduced maze um it's kind of like a story introduced event so every maze that you go in you're being told a story before you venture further into the maze and that broke up the queues as well because obviously you've you've been given like a little pre-show sent on your way and it helps with batching so nobody meets somebody else uh, halfway through the maze like you normally would 
but as soon as you go through the maze they're probably already out the other side and uh, yeah so hand sanitizer masks socially distanced bubbles socially distanced queue lines and even at the bar with food um, you place your order at the bar and they bring it over to your table so uh, you, you wear your mask in the queue obviously for the bar place your order go sit down and they'll come over with your food so uh, yeah I, I really enjoyed it it was uh a wonderfully way to introduce me to socially distant scare mazes and like i said before it didn't dampen the experience all the ma all the actors were wearing masks that kind of suited their costumes as well and you wouldn't know any different like when you're going in the blitz they the masks made them look like miners or people that had been trapped you know and they were using these masks to like protect them from whatever fallout or you know whatever situation they were in in the chamber of horrors it was all kind of waxwork themed and the waxwork the kind of masks blended in with the costume you had an introduction right at the very start where two characters introduced you to the the scare kingdom event and their masks were actually like painted towards the makeup that they were wearing so it was kind of just like a complete you couldn't really tell that they were wearing masks at times and yeah i just thought it was a really cool way to uh you know bring a socially distant scare maze and prove to everybody out there that did close down that it can be done and it doesn't dampen the experience in, in any way shape or form and uh, the only downside if i had any downside to say whatsoever is that psychomantium being a hands-on force feeding absolute insanity of a maze was more toned down because of the social distancing but i can't think of too many extreme extreme scare mazes in the uk but that was the only one that kind of felt toned down but to replace that we were stood watching some absolutely grotesque scenes in front of our very eyes mere feet away they only let one person in at a time so you can't go in groups of two anymore and uh, yeah, we my eyes were subjected to an ordeal that I don't even want to repeat ever, ever again. Okay, well that that sounds uh, sounds troubling. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a really good event, though. It sounds like everyone's uh, keeping it pretty safe. How long is the experience in total at Scare Kingdom? We spent uh, when we first got there, it was very quiet. With it being opening night, we got there pretty early, and we managed to do in 90 minutes but because i do a few reviews for other websites as well the press team were like do you want to go around again i was like hell yes and we were the last group of the night and then we managed to get through in about 60 minutes because there was there was nobody waiting in front of us on our second run round but uh, yeah on the first opening night 90 minutes it took for us to go all the way around so i thought that was a nice thorough experience because once you're coming mm. out of one maze you're walking down a path or into a forest to the next maze and uh, that's the kind of process for the rest of the night until you hit uh, Zozo's Grindhouse, which is the second to last maze before Psychomantium, which is obviously an optional maze. Psychomantium being the only upcharge attraction within that uh, ticket price that you've already paid. And so, yeah, you got, you got like a toilet stop there at the second to last maze. And uh, yeah, an hour and a half. Not too bad at all that for, I think it was like £20 or just under. Yeah, so it sounds pretty good value for money then. I think, um, I mean, what what do we think? I see some, some attractions that are very similar have decided not to open. What do we think the reason is why other similar attractions have decided that they can't open this year? See, now, I was asking my friend this question the other night, and I still can't. I'm, obviously, it's going to be all speculation because I can't figure out exactly why some would and some wouldn't, considering that the majority of scare mazes in this country are 
very similar in how they're set up. It's a confined space. There's, um, you know, you're walking through chambers and tunnels and and what have you. And the only ones that I could think would want to close down are the more intense mazes because obviously you're very restricted like Psychomantium was. But uh, obviously with me being very limited in my knowledge of uh, scare mazes as a whole, I can't think of too many extreme mazes off the top of my head in the country anyways. But you've got big events like Tully's and uh, who, who cancelled and yeah I, I honestly can't give you a straight answer with that maybe they thought that um, people may be too scared to come to the event so it's going to be limited numbers so it's not financially profitable for them uh, maybe actors and staff members were concerned uh, about social distancing um, maybe staff members have to travel from restricted areas now and the uncertainty of it all it's probably not a not worth the gamble this could be a multitude of reasons why but uh yeah like i said with scare kingdom it's the mazes there they were up and running they were ready to go extreme scream is coming this friday i believe this friday or saturday they're opening in melton mowbray and uh, yeah yeah i couldn't honestly answer that question like yeah, I mean, I think I think part of it's to do with just that the profit margins are so wafer thin for these type of events, and even if you're down a few hundred people, um, you know, you you're into making a loss then. So I think probably they're making a de- decision around the longevity. They're probably thinking, well, if we take a loss this year, then maybe we can't actually do it next year. Yeah. Um. So I think that's probably part of it. I think I think it's just some have decided to take the risk. Um, I guess with Scare Kingdom, it's a very, uh, you know, it's in Lancashire. It's a very, very well populated area. Uh, maybe events that are a bit out of the way a little bit. Maybe it's more of a risk for them. Uh, so maybe that's why they've made that decision. Yeah, um, maybe so. It's a, it's a, it's one to ponder. Put it that way. It's not one I don't think we'll ever get a, a true answer for. I think I think there'll be separate reasons for separate companies. But everyone's kind of posted that copy and paste kind of we're closing for this season status, haven't they? So we're, we won't get yeah. a definitive answer anytime soon. No, definitely not. So what else have you got planned then for Halloween so far? Well, I, I, up until all this kicked off, I had a whole roster of things planned, even traveling out the country to do a few things. But now that's kind of all been very, very restricted. So uh, we went to um, Escapo Logic in Nottingham and did The Butcher. And that was the socially distanced escape room. That was meant to be like an 18 plus intense escape room. And even though it was socially distanced, yes, it was still intense. So I absolutely loved doing that. So I might be paying more visits to more escape rooms in the future. But in terms of making YouTube content, obviously you're very limited as to what you can film in an escape room without spoiling things for, for everybody else watching. It was like when we, I spoke to Escapo Logic, they were like, yeah, you can do a little bit of filming. And when I got in there, the guy was so friendly. He was saying, just don't record this, don't record this, don't record that, don't record this. So I was very limited to filming a, a wall with a bit of blood on it, and that was about it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it kind of t- took my initial video concept and I had to literally think on the spot, what can I do just to keep people watching? So, uh, yeah, Escape Rooms may be an addition. Uh, I know I'm definitely going to Extreme Scream. I'm going to Scarefest opening night. Uh, Fright Nights is on the list. Uh, I want to hit up the True Crime Museum in Hastings as well and see if there's anything cool going on down there. Um, Chessington. I've never been to Chessington. It's the one big park I have not yet to do. 
and uh, that is on the list for some time this month. But other than that, I'm just going to be plugging with the weirdest stuff I can think of. Uh, mm. A true crime company wanted to send me some true crime memorabilia to show like I did last year on my other site, Back to the Movies. But with Lift Hills and Thrills being a family-friendly channel, I don't fancy pulling out some murderer's prison letters in front of potentially an <laughs> 8 to 15-year-old person watching the channel. That would not go down well <laughs> whatsoever. No, I don't think so it would. I, it's... I'm literally just think like thinking off the top of my head, where can I go? What can I do? And uh, yeah, it's very fly on the wall sort of spur of the moment sort of thing at the moment. Mm. But yeah, the only things I've got planned: Scarefest, Cross Fingers for Fright Nights, Chessington True Crime Museum, and Extreme Scream, and maybe Spooky World as well if I can get there. But um, I mean, that's six things already. So what date are we on now? The fourth. So yeah. that takes me to October the tenth. So I need twenty <laughs> more days to think of stuff to do. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean we're not going to Scarefest until the middle of the month, uh, ish, um, and then I think we're going to head up to Blackpool, but they're not really doing anything this year. We're just going to go to Blackpool just because. Uh, no, been, Blackpool. So. It's a shame because like Journey to Hell. Uh, some people have really bad experiences for the first two nights, I believe, when it first opened. We went on the third night, I believe, and I really enjoyed it. I thought some bits were were very weak, but for a first event. I thought it was um I thought it was well done. I thought the idea of walking through like an abandoned theme park was a really cool and unique concept because you got to see the park in a completely different light. All the rides were shut down bar one and it was very that was a creepy atmosphere uh, by itself without actors coming behind you putting a hood over you and kidnapping you putting you on a roller coaster blindfolded and sending you on your way. But uh, I just thought that was a really cool first introductory experience and then ending in Passage del Terra. I've never had a bad run through of Passage del Terra. No. But now a journey to hell gone it's a shame because this year is, would have been the year when they probably would have taken on people's feedback and improved all the bits that they got wrong last year and mm. yet like i said it wasn't perfect but for a first event it was a damn solid one and uh yeah so we got passage and blackpool dungeons but in terms of you know video recording that you see so many youtubers out there who go to passage and literally the video goes as follows they arrive at passage they're by the entrance say to camera i'm going in passage wish me luck fade to black now they've come out the other side we've just done passage this is our thoughts and the viewers there going okay but i didn't see anything you know yeah i don't see the point in doing videos like that i've seen a lot of the dungeon ones which are very similar we're about to go in the dungeons and then five seconds later we're out of the dungeons it's like dude come on (laughs) Yeah. It's like I don't I don't like stuff like that. I mean, even with like an escape room, it's not the most entertaining piece of content, but I'm trying to do different things every time to what everybody else is doing. And whilst I still follow the copy and paste format with some videos, I'm just trying to do different things. Like when I went to Zip World, for example, and everyone else was just recording their experience of uh, going down or maybe using the camera footage uh, that shows the face going down i was like well i'm i'm quite a stupid person i'm not don't get ashamed or you know shy very easily so why don't i go down dressed as superman so up to the top of a cold mountain in wales dressed in a superman onesie <laughs> it decided to rain with heavy winds uh. and i was flying down the zip line absolutely cacking my pants 
but it was an experience and nobody else had recorded a video of it and uh, i just thought i'd give it a go and it's yeah, just basically not? just trying to find ways of doing things differently and uh, yeah i don't want to be that uh, person who goes by passage and says okay we're going in now and five seconds later okay we're out this is my thoughts because i don't find those very exciting whatsoever no and and we're we're trying not to go down a kind of traditional well i have done some traditional videos but that was mainly because i was kind of dabbling with actually filming and trying to sort of work things out but i think uh the plan is next year we're going to go down a more like a kind of story kind of format so each video that we do if we go to like a park we'll have like a story there'll be a story and a reason something that we're doing because you can't film on ride and on most of um parks anyway and what's the point just repeating the same video uh, time and time again so um we're going to go down that kind of route and probably be a bit more a bit more bit more cinematography and stuff like that i think that's where we're going to go but for now it's just a matter of um being concentrating more on the podcast because um i quite enjoy doing the podcast and uh, there's a few people doing podcasts, but there's not that many actually in the UK um, doing this kind of content. So it seems like a good place to be at the moment. But Yeah, it's all about finding gaps, isn't it? Like even with you just said there about POVs, now I'm guilty of that. That's because I'm doing daily content and one day I know I'm not going anywhere. And it's like, hmm, how can I make this POV stand out from the two billion others that are on for the same ride out there? And it's like I'm looking through and I'm like, right, OK, so you've got a POV of it but have you got it in 4K? <laughs> I'm just like clutching at straws <laughs> to try and find this unique selling point of what makes my POV a slightly bit different than everybody else's. But yeah. the velocity one at Flamingoland, I was the first person to post uh, the Flamingoland velocity POV since the paint job. So I was like, right, this this is how I can stand out. It's exactly the same ride, but it's been painted, you guys. So check it out. <laughs> uh, I think actually, though, I think actually, I did it a week before you did. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, damn it! I wasn't even the first. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, and I did front row and back row, uh, just okay. in case. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that actually my got... bubbles well and truly shot down. I'm just gonna. Well, uh, yeah, because it got quite a lot of views actually, mainly because people wanted to see the new paint job, not because they were interested in my POV, but. Mainly it was just because um, I was like, oh, I'm actually going to go to a park where I can actually use my GoPro. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> rare in itself, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So why we keep going to a few fun fairs. Like we went to Breen the other week and uh, they were, we were like, are we okay filming on the ride? Absolutely. And the staff went out of the way to make sure we sat on the front row to record some stuff. And I, and I noticed the smaller parks do it as well. Oakwood seemed to be very camera friendly. They'll check your camera out, make sure your equipment's okay. But I believe that's stopped now because they've, current restrictions but when we went last year yeah they, they were awesome with that they were like oh you've got a camera okay jump on the front and every time we go is usually in a weekday so it's usually quiet i can't imagine them being that accommodating when there's a you know a weekend sort of flurry of people but uh no it's it's nice but uh yeah like you say there's a there's enough uh, povs out there already but um i'm looking forward to flamingo land opening their new coaster next year and uh, hopefully I'm there at one of the first days to uh, grab that glorious POV because uh, like someone proved would fly over in Germany, uh, whoever releases the first video of fly 
is going to get a million, aren't they? Let's yeah, be honest. Possibly, if if Fantasialando, yeah. even if they don't upload the POV themselves, then whoever <laughs> manages to even sneak one on, even though I don't commend that in any way, shape, or form, it's going to get a million. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, so we'll see when that opens. Hopefully, it'll be sometime next summer, probably. I'd imagine. But yeah, cool. Okay, well, uh, thanks for coming on. It's been really good having a chat with you. Um, It'd be good to get you on again at some point, maybe um, either later in the year or beginning of next year, if you're up for it. Yeah, I'm always up for it. I really appreciate you inviting me on. It's nice to just sit down and chat all things scary, coasters and whatnot, because I'm completely new to this world. I'm completely out of my depth when it comes to theme park enthusiasts. When I went on um, a podcast with Coaster Gen, I believe, and yeah, I felt out of my depth because all those guys were talking about like parts of roller coasters and kind of parks <laughs> that I'd never been to. So I just sat there like a lemon nodding my head like, yeah, I know exactly what you guys are on about. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice. I'm just starting to get into the groove of things, and whilst I'm out of my depth, I'm just trying to make it fun, unique, and I'm just having a good time, man. I just want to spend some time in it, you know, a couple of years from now, look back and watch these videos and be like, yeah, I did that, I did this, and know that I had a good time doing it. Exactly the same as what I do with my movie stuff. It's it's all about making memories and uh, you know keep pushing and keep doing stuff that uh, not many people get the chance to do. And I've been very fortunate with the the back to the movies and currently with this to be even invited to certain events and things so it's yeah it's really cool yeah and no. uh, people like yourselves invited me on it's it's nice yeah i appreciate it yeah well it's always good to chat with different people because um you know i i like to talk to lots of different people and i like to support um other people you know i'm not one of those people who you know want to just protect what's mine i, I like to promote other people and sort of show um everyone because ev- everyone's got something different to offer the way i see it um so it's always good to chat to people and sort of see what everyone's up to unfortunately we've not been able to get out and about as much as we'd liked this year uh due to various things but next year we're hoping to get out to japan uh, and a few other places so um you know those places are quite unique so we should have lots of fun next year hopefully oh yeah that sounds amazing i'll be uh, looking forward to those videos that's for sure yeah yeah well disney sea is the one that i definitely want to go to but um we're probably going to get to like hopefully we'll get to like fuji q and we'll we'll probably go, we'll go to universal studios down at osaka and a few other places so that should be quite fun because not a lot of uk uh enthusiasts um who do this kind of content get out to japan a no. few have um so that'll be quite interesting i probably will do just kind of traditional vlogging type stuff because it is something reasonably unique to do i think exactly i think there's only so many alton towers vlogs you can watch it at the same time without <laughs> saying right i've seen nemesis for the 400th time now or i've seen you know but <laughs> you know it'd be nice to actually see people in other countries doing other things yeah and, uh, yeah i think the japan videos would be really cool definitely brilliant okay so before you leave us then do you want to just remind everyone where they can find you yeah so the website's lifthillsandthrills.com or you can search lift hills and thrills on youtube or instagram and you'll find me straight away and uh, just want to apologize in advance if you ever click play on a video because you have to suffer with whatever minutes of runtime of content i've put out for you but uh, hopefully you enjoy <laughs> it by the end of it and drop us a like hit the subscribe button and all that other good stuff and uh, yeah i'll just keep plodding on with my daily content 
brilliant. Yeah, I'll um, I'll keep abreast of that, and we'll see how long you can do daily content for. <laughs> I, You'll see by Christmas, I've got like this Tom Hanks castaway beard. <laughs> I'm talking to a volleyball in the corner. You know, and things aren't going well for me. Well, you'll get to about January the 5th and you'll be thinking, oh, actually, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember in summer, I was when I just started uh, started out and everyone was like throwing tea bags into to mugs and pl- kicking up toilet rolls and stuff like that. So when I get to that sort of level of finding household objects to juggle and throw into things that, you know, I'm kind of like uh, out of ideas at that point in time. Yeah, yeah, potentially. But we'll see. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll see. I'll uh, keep up to date how you, how you doing. I'm certainly never going to commit to daily content. I just kind of do content when I feel like doing content. So I'm regretting it already, mate. It's only been three months. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, right. Well, thanks for joining us, Sean. Um, and we'll speak to you again at some point in the future. Um if you guys uh, want to find Theme Park Loopy, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Um, also, if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or wherever, then just remember to click the subscribe or the follow button because that really helps. And if you fancy leaving us a review, leave us a review. That would be really, really appreciated as well. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you all again real soon. And this podcast is over. <laughs>